Hey guys, welcome back to the fourth episode of the Part You Play podcast. Um, I am your host, Isabel Arias. I am so excited to get right back into podcasting. I am so sorry for the inconsistency these past two months. Um, I ended up getting a marketing firm job and I was working from 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. From Monday to Saturday, I was burnt out to the max and I decided to quit and go full-time with podcasting. And I'm actually working at a podcast studio now, so... It actually worked out all so perfectly. Um, but yeah, I do want to apologize and address why I had been so absent these past almost three months. Um, but I'm excited to get back into it. I have so many guests aligned for the past, for the next two months. And um, in this episode of Charlie, we get into so many different topics. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Welcome back everyone to the Part You Play podcast. Um, I'm super excited for this episode because today with me I have Charlie Hughes. Um, Charlie, I'm really excited to have you on. I'm really excited about all the topics that we're going to get into. Um, So yeah, tell everyone who you are, what you do, and let's get right into it. For sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Super excited to be here on the podcast. Mm -hmm. My name is Charlie Hughes. I lead a young adult movement in South Florida for 18 to 30 year olds at a church called Church by the Glades and the movement is called Rally. And in addition to that, I just graduated from college. I'm 22 years old. I travel and preach a little bit, try to do a little bit of ministry on social media. I'm trying to just do a little bit of everything right now in this time of my life and Mm -hmm. uh, trying to be a good friend to those around me. And yeah, that's who I am and I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay. So let's get right into it. Um, so let's talk about how we first met, and that's actually from Rally. Um, I remember I saw it on an Instagram post. Um, it was like a Friday night, and all my friends were going out, and I was like, I don't want to go out. Like, I have to do something else. Like, I definitely don't want to go out. So I texted my friend who lives all the way in West Palm, and I was living in uh, Fort Lauderdale at the time. And I told her, I was like, hey, like, do you want to go to this rally thing? I, I don't know if we have to register or if there are any tickets left. I didn't know how it mm-hmm. worked. But then I DM'd you and I asked you and no registration needed. You just had to show up. And I loved it. Like, it was the first time that um, I had um, came to this church. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the community that I was able to build from then to now has been amazing. And, yeah, that's how we met. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Um, I I kind of forgot about that, but (laughs) yeah, I'm I'm glad you had a good experience. Yeah, no, for (laughs) sure. It's reaffirming for me to hear because sometimes I'm like, shoot, if like, if someone doesn't know anyone, is someone connecting with them? Are they having a good experience? So I'm glad at least it worked for you. Yeah, no, everyone just like open arms. It was great. Everyone was like, oh, like how are you? And it was really nice. Um, I definitely recommend going with a friend. But you definitely have to come to Rally if you live in South Florida. For and, sure. Um, yeah, let's talk about Rally Loud. Yes. Yeah, so Rally Loud is a two-day event we're doing this summer over July 29th and 30th. There'll be four unique experiences, four services, whatever you want to call them, uh, starting uh, July 29th at 8 p.m., July 30th at 10, 11.30. We'll have breakout sessions at 1, and then the final experience will be at 6.30 on July 30th. I'll be speaking, 
Madison Pruitt will be speaking. Camila Buchanan from Passion will be speaking. Janine Imapola, Caden Boyd, Dwayne Crocker, and then we'll have some rapper performances also at our after party on July 29th. It's going to be fun. It's mm -hmm. free. Yeah. No registration required. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a good time. So hopefully we have like a whole bunch of young adults here ready to worship mm -hmm. and here and get excited about Jesus and people flying in. I know already. So it should yeah. be a good time. Yeah. Two of my friends are flying in from, one of them is flying in from PA and the other one awesome. flying in from Kansas City. So. Let's go. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, it's going to be definitely very exciting. Um, but I definitely want to ask you how Rally got started. Like, yeah. did you see a vision for it? Um, mm. yeah, just. So really, more than like a vision, it was more of a need I saw. Because mm. I grew up at this church. My dad's the pastor of this church. Mm -hmm. Church by the Glades is all I know. Um, which I feel really grateful for. It's an awesome church. I'm biased, but it doesn't make mm -hmm. me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but after I got done being a student, like a high school student, there's I was done with, with student ministry, and I just kind of realized there's no uh, space really designed or curated for young adults. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was in college. I was attending Palm Beach Atlantic University, and I it's kind of that weird time in like your college life where like you feel more overwhelmed than ever but you also have more free time than ever. And you kind of feel like a loser because you feel overwhelmed. But at the same time, you know, I have free time. I shouldn't yeah. feel overwhelmed. So I kind of was like, one, I need to do something to make myself feel less like a loser. Mm -hmm. And two, there's definitely a need at my church for a space for young adults. So I was like, man, we need to start something. So yeah. I came to my dad and we prayed about it. And we were like, I think it's time to start a young adult ministry. Wow. So that's really how Rally came about. And that started in September of 2019. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of cool how it came about because, like, I got opportunities to start preaching at 16. Wow. Um, Chris, who's behind the camera, uh, he is our creative director. And he got opportunities to start singing, leading worship, and leading creatively uh, around the same age as I started preaching. Uh, another guy named Austin who oversees all production at Rally. Same thing mm -hmm. for him. He started yeah. with production at 16. Cassidy, who I know yeah. that you know, yeah. she oversees She's our guest amazing. services experience. Her. She mm -hmm. started doing that at 16. So it was kind of like without yeah. any of us having any agenda or even knowing, God was kind of working behind the scenes, getting us all ready from a very young and early age mm -hmm. to be ready to start Rally when we were all 19, 20, 21. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm excited just to keep running it and growing this ministry and reaching young adults for like the next eight years with that same crew yeah so it's kind of cool how god kind of knew what was going to happen before it was on any of our it radars is, yeah and so there's a few different things that took place to get rally ready yeah and mm -hmm. just be able to launch when it did and mm -hmm. that was one of them that thing is like pretty cool i'm like all right god like I see what you did there. Yeah, and it's really cool to see so many young adults doing it because mm -hmm. sometimes when you only see adults doing it, it's like, well, I don't know. It's kind of, mm -hmm. you're kind of on the edge about it. But when you see young, passionate adults doing um, ministry and following Jesus and um, just everything you guys do, it's just so inspiring. Like, wow, like I can be doing that too. Um, I'm glad and, you feel that way. Yeah, and it's really cool because me and Cassidy, we were actually talking about it. We want to start doing... Um, like an all-girls picnic Bible study. Yeah. So I think it's so cool the way that Rally has really become a platform for people to um, build community and mm. build friendships. And, um, yeah, just, yeah. Oh, really I hope you guys cool. do that. That'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, okay, so um, now let's get into the Q&A. 
Um, so with the first question, when did you know that you wanted to be a preacher? It's a great question. Um, I've kind of had what I call like a lingering call to ministry my entire life. Mm-hmm. With my dad being the senior pastor of this church as a little kid, I would tell people that I wanted to be a pastor. And I do think it was like from an early age, like an authentic call to ministry, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Um, but it also definitely part like my dad was someone who I looked up to, my hero mm-hmm. from my early age. And I was like, I just want to do whatever my dad does for a mm-hmm. living. Around like high school, I was really in love with football. And I was like, all right, I'll play in the NFL. Then I'll be a pastor. Yeah. So yeah. I never really like, like, uh, let go of like the ministry aspiration. I just like, uh, that can wait after I mm-hmm. am a stud in the NFL. Obviously the NFL thing didn't work out. <laughs> and when that door kind of closed around, <clears throat> excuse me, age 16 or 17, naturally doors started open for ministry opportunities. Like I said, uh, preaching, but in addition to that, uh, leading in different capacities at my youth group. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of started to see like my desires and my giftings and my dreams started to kind of like collide all at once at the age of 16. And that's when I really started like step into like, okay, God, like maybe this is what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say there was like one distinct moment mm-hmm. where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm called to ministry. And that happens yeah. for some people, mm-hmm. but uh, I wouldn't define a call to be that, like I wouldn't make it that narrow. Yeah, I think it can be kind of just like, something that's always kind of been there or something mm-hmm. you just figure out over time. Like it doesn't yeah. have to be one moment. Yeah. And that's what it was for me. It was kind yeah. of like my entire life. Like I kind of had an awareness of like, this might be what God wants me yeah. to do. And then just trying out different things. I was like, it seems like kind of my natural abilities yeah. and strengths, like kind of make me ready for this. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of ran with it. Yeah. Starting and, at around eight, like 16. Yeah. And you kind of start falling in love with the process too. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first time that I shared about Jesus with someone. Um, you know, I had been going to a Christian church my whole life, but it was a very small church and I never felt the need to share it about it. It was kind of just um, a private relationship that I had with God. Um, and, and I had talked about it with, you know, my Christian friends, but I never... Um, talked about it with anyone else. And my first uh, year of college, um, I was at this girl's dorm room and it was just me and her and we were um, talking. It was super late. And she was kind of telling me that she had grown up in a home that um, practiced like witchcraft. And since she was like young and she never knew anything else, her grandma always told her about God, but it was something that she never um, pursued. Mm. Um, And in that moment, I felt just God's presence be like okay you need to tell her about (laughs) who I am and everything and I remember telling her I was like Jesus loves you and like Jesus changed my life and everything and the way I felt when I did that was so something I've never felt before it was Mm. such a beautiful feeling so fulfilling and um I feel like it's definitely a process like what you said like it's not just one moment but when you start getting involved with God's um, you know, works and it yeah. doesn't ha- just have to be ministry. It can be your own business or, um, you know, just involving God in everything. Mm-hmm. I think he definitely guides you and leads you in a way. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so next question. Um, so what advice would you give a college student wanting to pursue ministry, but doesn't know where to start? It's a, another great question. It's kind of a simple answer. Mm-hmm. I think you need to get plugged into a church where you're at. Like, yeah. like I feel like it, I don't know what 
everyone like means when they're like, I want to like get involved in ministry. I want to go into ministry. It's like, God's not going to give you like a giant platform to like preach around the world or whatever it is you want to do. Like out of nowhere, like God blesses faithfulness. Mm -hmm. So if you're not plugged in somewhere and if you're not willing just to open up a door or take out some trash, like I started on the maintenance team at church by the Mm glaze. Like that was like my first ever job here at CBG. I was taking out trash. I was cleaning toilets. Mm -hmm. Like you're not willing like just to serve God and every in any way you can and more importantly if you're not willing to submit Mm -hmm. to the leadership god's put over you like what's the saying like if uh like a serving is beneath you like leadership is like too much for you Mm -hmm. something like that so you got to be really just in love with like i'm here to serve i'm not here to put myself on a platform i'm here to lift up the name of jesus yeah and you got to be willing to submit to leadership Mm -hmm. because like that's that's the thing that's where you're going to grow that's where people can kind of point out uh, maybe weaknesses in your game that you can't see in yourself and that's where like you really are humbled and that's yeah. where God can really do some pruning within you to get you ready for all that he has for you yeah that's so good. you gotta get planted in a church like something that always kind of annoyed me like I, I went to a Christian school for college studying ministry like yes mm-hmm. that is like a four-year accredited degree believe it or not mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's like some classmates not the majority but some where it's like they were there studying ministry all four years and like they were never plugged into a local church. Yeah. I'm like, you uh-huh. gotta be plugged into yeah. a local church. Like yeah. that, like that's that's gonna teach you in some respects more than this four year degree ever will. Mm-hmm. So you gotta be able to submit to leadership, yeah, serve everywhere and anywhere, and just be committed not to like elevating your name or your platform, but to just lifting up the name of Jesus to the best mm-hmm. of your ability. And I think that happens best and you learn the most inside within the context of serving in a local church yeah that's so good so get plugged into a local church yeah stop posting those christian tiktoks do both (laughs) but start with getting (laughs) plugged into a local church yeah for sure and i love how um christine kane always says it she says a lot of people want to do what i do but no one wants to go um through the lonely moments Mm -hmm. and the getting um having private time with god you know jesus spent more time alone with his with god than he did with his disciples and people so um definitely you can't just you know one day just walk on up uh Mm -hmm. sorry a stage and just preach to a thousand people when you haven't you know begun to just serve you know those around you um so that's really good. Um, so how do I know I'm hearing God's voice or my own? Yeah, this is a a tough one. So I I tend to believe that when people say like, well, I'll say this. I think we should be very careful saying God said to me or mm-hmm. God spoke to me because mm-hmm. in Scripture, um very much so in the Old Testament, especially like if someone had like, like you're pretty much claiming to be a prophet at that point. Mm-hmm. Like if someone like, like came forward with like a false prophecy, mm-hmm. they were killed. Yeah. They were stoned. Wow. Like, mm-hmm. like saying God spoke to me is a very heavy thing to say, because think about it. Like how am I supposed to argue if you come to me and say, God, God spoke to me. Yeah. Like. You could, it could be the most ridiculous thing, and you say, God spoke to me, and I'm like, that does not really sound like something I think God would say. Yeah. But you say God spoke to you, so what am I supposed to say to that? Yeah. Like, you got to be really careful with yeah. saying God spoke to me because 
obviously in scripture is something that scripture takes and considers to be very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like, it's, it can almost be manipulative sometimes. Like yeah. people can be like, just getting others like do what they want and be like, yo, God said to me, like, you need to do this or mm-hmm. do that. Or like, yeah. be like my disciple, whatever. Yeah, like yeah. you want to use a real Christian mm-hmm. term. Yeah. Um, so with that, I think what will happen is, which I don't think everyone does it from like, I think most people don't do it from like a manipulative place. Mm-hmm. I think what happens is it's a, it comes from a very honest place mm-hmm. and an innocent place. I think it's people spiritualizing their thought life mm, where yeah. like they have like this feeling and oftentimes it's kind of funny. Like when you hear people say like God spoke to me, like it's people like normally it's normally never something that's like challenging for them. Mm-hmm. Like it's like never like God told me to like get off of like Instagram or like <laughs> break up with my boyfriend like it's yeah, never it's yeah. most times i know Tim, at least in yeah. my experience yeah. like it's not really something that's like seems hard for them to do it's normally something pretty like like uh for lack of better words like sexy like mm-hmm. yo god told me like i need to go charlie god told me like i need to preach a rally i'm like yo that's funny because like god hasn't told me that and like i don't know yeah or it's like i think you always need to test what you feel like god is speaking to you um by asking yourself, does that align with God's word? Mm-hmm. Like, like the scripture says, like, like there's nothing new under the sun. So, like, mm-hmm. I think God, although He says things in different ways, His message has remained very much the same over time. Yeah. So, like, if your message is contradicting with like the messages we see God give others in Scripture, then that might be you more spiritualizing your thought life mm-hmm. than it might be actually God speaking yeah. to you. And I think a lot of people also think like. I need God to speak to me. Like I need God to, in an audible voice, speak to me. Like I need God to hit my line. Like I think God doesn't really do phone calls. I think God more speaks through text mm-hmm. message, and He's wow. given you His, yeah. his word. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the beginning was the word. The word yeah. was with God, and yeah. the word was God. Yeah. That hasn't changed. That's still the same. His word is alive. It's living. It's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. Amen. So like. God is God's word is there mm-hmm. and it, he's ready to talk to you. You just yeah. got to open up the book and do the hard yeah. work. And I yeah. think the reason why oftentimes people choose to spiritualize their thought life rather than actually getting God's word is because let's face it, God's work can kind of be confusing and hard to read sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I even think there's a reason for that. I think that sometimes God's work can be challenging because mm-hmm. God wants us to do the, the work. diligent yeah. work of interpreting it, which requires looking at the context, mm-hmm. whether that be the literary context, the cultural context, mm-hmm. the historical context. Um, figuring out what that word meant to the people it was originally written to. The scripture's for everyone, but it was mm-hmm. originally written to a specific audience. Mm-hmm. So figuring out what it meant to them, seeing the uh, things we have in common with that audience. So, okay, we have th- I have that in common with this audience that was written, that this was written to. So maybe I can take that and apply it to my life as, as well. That's mm-hmm. not easy work, but it's how you're going to figure out what the word actually means and how it could apply to your life. And it's a lot harder to do that than it is just to say, oh, I had this thought in my head and I was reading my Bible when I had this thought. So maybe mm-hmm. it's maybe that was God speaking yeah, to me. Yeah. Um, so I think we always need to see if the word we feel like we're receiving is aligning with God's word. Mm-hmm. And then if it does, then maybe God was speaking to you. Um, but also more often than not in scripture, like God did not speak audibly to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like that was only a few people he spoke audibly to. And I think we see it more often in the Old Testament than the New yeah. Testament, like guys like Moses, where Moses wrote the first five books of the Old Testament. So mm-hmm. Moses didn't have a Bible yeah. to read out of, really. Mm-hmm. 
So we do. Yeah. So God doesn't necessarily need to speak to us audibly like mm-hmm. he did to some other people in yeah. scripture. Yeah. Um, and also like think about, so even Paul, so Paul had the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Like, is God using you to write 27% of the New Testament? <laughs> no. And like, doesn't mean you're any less special or God yeah. loves you any less than he loved Paul. Mm-hmm. But it's like, he doesn't need to communicate with you in that way because he's given you 66 books to, yeah. to read and yeah. study that will last you lifetimes yeah. um so what there's there's also another point i was going to make i kind of got on a tangent there but um yeah i would yeah, just no, be very careful really to good. say is yeah. god speaking to me yeah because i think that's something to take very seriously and i think yeah. god has given you a clear way to to talk with him and communicate with him um so test whatever word you feel like you received up against the reliability and the authority of scripture do, mm-hmm. do those words align do they contradict and I think yeah. that's how you, you can figure yeah. out that god speak to me yeah, that's really good. I think it also involves a lot of um, discernment, like what you said, mm-hmm. prayer. Um, because, like, I, I saw this um, post on Instagram once, and I felt so convicted by it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it said something um, about if you only get um, your Jesus from podcasts, sermons, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, books from other people, you're only eating their crumbs. And, you know, it's like a person when you're only eating crumbs, you're going to be malnourished. Yeah. And for a long time, um, I think I think it was like two weeks ago I saw it. And I hadn't like actually physically like opened up my Bible in like two months. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like I need to do this. And mm-hmm. I um, sat outside after young adults one night on Thursday Um, and I read like an hour of Exodus and all the miracles that, um, well, not miracles, but everything that was happening, um, in Egypt with Pharaoh. And I Mm -hmm. think it was so cool to see, um, just how in the car on my way home, I felt God tell me like, it took you for me, it took for me to take you to your lowest point for you to open up your Bible again. And I think a lot of people, um, don't want to open up their Bible. Cause like you said, it is hard. It sometimes like the words, the translation, um, sometimes there's different meanings behind different things and you can get it confused. But I think that's the truth, like the, honestly, like the easiest way cause to hear God's voice. Um, so yeah, I think that was, that's really good. Um, okay. So yeah, read your Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by Paradise Delivered. Paradise Delivered is a subscription box company that provides seven to eight full-sized, hand-selected, and vacation-inspired products every month. Um, Every box has a retail of $200. As you see here, um, there's a variety of different products that you get sent to you every single month. Um, These items include organic beauty, um, fun and trendy fashion accessories, delicious snacks and treats, and best-selling books and other surprises. Make sure to check them out and subscribe. Um, So someone said, I struggle a lot with sexual sin. How can I fix that? Well, that's a deep question. Mm -hmm. Um, Sexual sin can mean a lot of things. Yeah. So... What I think we all need to remember is that God views all sin the same. Mm-hmm. Like, for everyone has fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. So it doesn't matter if you sinned a billion times or you sinned mm-hmm. one time. Every sin has gets the death sentence. Mm-hmm. So God views every sin the same. Every sin um, is is 
just as bad as every other sin yeah. in God's eye. So I think it's important that we don't view one sin worse than another, mm-hmm. which I think sometimes sexual sin especially um, gets a bad rap. Sexual sin is unique in that scripture defines it as mm-hmm. sinning against your own body. Yeah. So like there is like very real like repercussions you can experience in your body mm-hmm. um, as a result of different sexual sins. Um, but with that, I think remembering that because God doesn't view sexual sin as any worse than any other, like the antidote or the remedy is the same as every other sin. Like, mm-hmm. like God doesn't want you to feel shame because you're sin. He doesn't want you to live trapped in it. Like mm-hmm. you gotta remember that like God's grace is a gift and it's not yeah. by works. Um, so I feel like you just gotta find freedom in God's grace. Remember mm-hmm. that God's grace is not a get out of jail free card. It's yeah. not freedom to sin. It's freedom mm-hmm. from sin. Yeah. So I want you, cause it, I just kind of get like the vibe from that question. Like someone feels like there's no way out, like mm-hmm. whatever, like this is just my reality. Like, no, it really doesn't have to be mm-hmm. like, like that sin's not worse than any other in God's eyes. So with that, you can overcome it just like you can overcome maybe an, another sin that you don't view as, as mm-hmm. bad. Um, and by God's grace, like you can overcome it, get accountability, yeah. get software on your computer. Mm-hmm. If that's what you need yeah. to keep you from being able to access certain sites, cut yeah. off relationships that are pressuring you mm-hmm. to make um, bad decisions. Yeah. Like it's just, it's not going to be easy. Like that's, there's not really a, a cute or pretty answer to yeah. that question. Like you yeah. just have to um, find freedom in God's grace. God loves you. Mm-hmm. He shows a plan for your life despite yeah. your sexual sin. Um, he wants you to find freedom from it, which means you got to step away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's the best answer yeah. I think I could give on that. Yeah. Like it's it's not going to be a fun process, but it's going to be a necessary one yeah. in order for you to live in the freedom that God wants you to that's Living. so good. Um, I was listening to a sermon by Craig Rochelle mm-hmm. um, a couple months ago, and he was talking about pre-deciding. And I yeah. think that's so important when, let's say, you're re-waiting for marriage and you don't know how to put up boundaries. I think pre-deciding, um, you know, not hanging out with a guy past 11 because, you yeah. know, like nothing good happens after that certain time or um, just pre-deciding and setting boundaries for yourself um, and being disciplined in that like um, yeah at first it's really hard because you know we are um, imperfect people we are um, our bodies sometimes you know desire certain things but when you form almost like a covenant with God saying, you know what, God, like I'm going to wait for marriage and I need your help. Like mm-hmm. it's okay to ask God for help. You know, God doesn't want you to be perfect and God doesn't want you to go to him, you know, um, with all this perfectness. Like he wants your mess. You know, yeah. he wants, he wants you to say, you know, what? I need help with this. Like help me. Like you said, cut off people. A lot of times, um, comes from conversations I've heard mm-hmm. you know guys or even girls talking about like oh my gosh you know certain things um so yeah yeah, yeah that's Definitely. really good yeah um okay so this is an interesting one my boyfriend says he's a Christian but he has a lot of church hurt and doesn't want to go back to church what should I do hmm yeah, it's another one where there's not, like, a pretty answer. Yeah. So, like, he says he's a Christian, but he has church hurt, and he doesn't want to go back. 
what should I do? I think it's important to remember that like, so I was at a concert last night and my friend Anthony Evans spoke for like mm-hmm. 20 minutes. Uh, yeah. He's a worship leader. Uh, his dad's Dr. Tony Evans. And um, he talked about how uh, it was kind of like one of those pitches for like a, like a compassion. This one was food for the hungry, like mm-hmm. uh, pledging to like sponsor a child, oh, um, okay. get them the food mm-hmm. they need. Yeah. And he was like talking about how his friend oversees the organization. His friend was like, yo, you need to do this. And he was like, I don't know, man, like whatever. He had all these reasons and excuses. And he was like, Anthony, like scripture talks about like taking care of the widows and the orphans. Since when, when did God ever tell someone to pray about a command? Mm-hmm. Never like a command yeah. to command. Yeah. Scripture talks about like, do not forsake the assembly of believers. Wow. Go to church. Mm-hmm. That's a command. So mm-hmm. with that, I think this boyfriend needs to realize like, Church isn't really an option if I'm a Christian. Church mm-hmm. is something I've been commanded to partake in yeah. and attend. You can be a Christian. Now hear me very, hear what I'm saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. <laughs> Going to church does not make you a Christian. Mm, yeah. Um, but it sure does help in your walk with Christ. Like what makes you a Christian is following Jesus, believing he's the son of God, that he saved you from your sins and mm-hmm. you made him the Lord of your life. It's hard for Jesus to be your Lord, though, if you're not going to church. Because mm-hmm. I define Jesus being the Lord of my life as like Jesus being the CEO of my life. Like yeah. he's the one who whose commands I'm following. How can I say Jesus is the Lord of my life if I'm not following his command mm-hmm. to like be in church? Yeah, so, and serve people. Yeah, you can't car- compartmentalize like Jesus being your Lord. Like, mm-hmm. he can't be your Lord in this area and mm-hmm. not your Lord in that area. Like, either yeah. he's your Lord or he's not. Like, you have yeah. to give Jesus your everything, and that includes your time, which means giving mm-hmm. him a slice of your Sunday mm-hmm. every single week yeah. by going to church. Yeah. So I'm not trying to make less of the church hurt this dude has experienced, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I don't think your church hurt is an excuse for not going to church. Yeah. Maybe you just find, need to find a different church. And, like, yeah. church is not perfect. It's yeah. full of imperfect, uh, imperfect sinners. Humans. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Maybe give people a little bit of grace with that, where like, yo, they're not Jesus. They're just people mm-hmm. that are trying to follow Jesus, and mm-hmm. they're going to fall short. Yeah. Maybe you need to find a different church, mm-hmm. but don't forsake church altogether. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. I love the way you worded that, um, because there are a lot of people that have turned away from church because of church hurt. A lot of people have a lot of church hurt um, that have arose from you know imperfect sinners, and um, we have to remember that the church is full of imperfect people. You know, Mm -hmm. people are going to fail us. Our parents are going to fail us. Our younger siblings are going to fail us. Um, Aunts and like everyone is going to fail us except for God. And um, I don't think God wants you to be far from that, especially like with that question. Um, If your boyfriend isn't going to church, then it's like, who is he building community with? Mm. Who is he surrounding himself with? If it's not... Um, people that are following Jesus and are passionate about, you know, building the church. And, yeah. um, That's a it, great point. Like yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's not impossible to find Christian people outside of a church yeah. setting, but it's pretty close yeah. to impossible. Like yeah. it's, it's hard, especially in South Florida where we are. Yeah. I don't know where that person lives. Yeah. But like, I never really thought about that in response to that question. Like where are you finding your community? Mm-hmm. If 
You're yeah. not going to church, especially yeah. where you're finding Christian community. Yeah, yeah. Not saying if you're a Christian, you only have to have Christian friends, but I would say your really tight homies is probably going to serve you best if they are. Yeah. So yeah, that was a great yeah. point. And I think how, the same way how it says in Matthew 28, like one of the first Bible verses that I ever memorized was, you know, your mission is like we all have the same mission and mm-hmm. it's to go and make disciples, baptizing them in every nation. And I think mm-hmm. that that starts with being involved in a church. So, yeah, totally. yeah that's good. Okay, so um, greatest lesson ever learned? Greatest lesson ever learned, I mean, I can get real obvious and somewhat cliche, but I think cliches are cliche because they carry at least some truth. Like, mm-hmm. just that Jesus loved me, he uh, died in my place on a cross, and that because of that, if I choose to believe in him and follow him and commit my life to him, I'm free from my sin, and one day I'll spend eternity in heaven with him so that's yeah. the greatest lesson i've learned if you haven't learned that lesson let me encourage you to uh go uh study up on it yourself and you can come up with your own landing point after you've done some study yeah. but i think that's a pretty impactful lesson that's mm-hmm. changed my life and i'm really yeah. grateful for it uh, but in addition to that uh, one of the best pieces of advice i was ever given that's really impacted how like i've led and i've put work into preaching and Really, everything else that I do, I try to filter it. Um, sometimes it's more subconsciously than consciously, but I try to f- I do my best to filter it through this lens. Um, when I was 16, 17 years old, uh, one of my preaching hero- heroes is Pastor Stephen Furtick. Mm-hmm. And um, I was at this camp called uh, PKVK. It's this pastor kid camp, which sounds mm-hmm. like the corniest, cheesiest thing ever, but it's <laughs> actually like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, it's like a camp full of pastor's kids. I met some of my best friends at that camp. And that's kind of a size of point. But if you're a pastor's kid, slide to PK Vacay this summer. I'll be there. Um, and Pastor Stephen was preaching. And afterwards, he was like, Charlie, grab like four of your young preacher friends here. And like, we'll all go talk afterwards. Mm-hmm. And he gave us all a piece of advice that really stuck with me. He said, because uh, I was like, all right, like, tell me how to do it. Like, you're like the best of the best. You've built and you're leading this amazing church. I mean, countless lives have been impacted through your preaching. Mm-hmm. Like, you've done pretty much everything any of us in this room could hope to do one day. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we pretty much get started doing what you've done? Yeah. And he was like, God is looking at how hard you work and at how much you prepare today in order to determine how many opportunities he's going to give you tomorrow. Wow. And I was like, shoot. Like, first of all, you should work hard and you should prepare just to, um, I mean, just honor God with what you do. Yeah. Um, like make your like self like a living, breathing, walking, talking sacrifice. Um, like that's, that's number one, but yeah, that advice so is not as bad motivator either. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm just being real, like I, I want God to use me in great ways. I want God to uh, use me to help many people. That I'm not talking about like, getting a blue check or like getting like millions of followers, mm-hmm. like that stuff would be nice. But yeah. like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like, if, if I really want God to do a significant work through me, then I'd better be serious about how I prepare and work today. And I think that means like viewing every opportunity as like, wow, like this is big. Like don't mm-hmm. overlook um, like anything. Like, don't, don't say, like, yo, that's small. Like, no, that's, that's significant. Mm-hmm. Or like, a- every opportunity should be treated with, with just 
an expectation of excellence. Like I'm going to give this all I have and I'm believing Mm -hmm. that as I give this opportunity, all that I have, that as I give this sermon to this youth group of 30 kids, all that I have, Mm -hmm. as I give this podcast, all that I have, every single episode, Mm -hmm. um, one, I'm believing that God's going to use this to help people and I pray that he does. And two, I'm believing that this is showing God that I am taking the calling you a place on my life seriously. Uh, I'm not taking it for granted. And with that, God, um, I'm praying and I'm hoping and I'm believing that you will honor that investment that I'm making right now. And you will give me more opportunities to continue displaying my faithfulness and hoping that you will work through me in even greater and better ways in the future. So shout out to Pastor Stephen. That advice is really stuck with me. Wow, that's so good. Something that kind of made me think about when you said... um, what you were saying, um, for me, I've always, I've grown up in a home, um, you know, my mom introduced me to the Christian church when I was six years old, and um, when I told her, you know, for career-wise, it's always been, a, oh, like, what's going to be something that's going to make you a lot of money so you can be set financially, and mm-hmm. a lot of that, and um, I think I've always kind of turned away from God's calling in a, in a way, because I've always said, okay, well, I can do that once, like, I'm 30, I'm a professional, and, you know, I'm kind of settled, and mm-hmm. I have kids, and, but um, recently, just, like, these past couple months, like, I've just been feeling an overwhelming amount of joy, and just, like, God just, like, leading me in that way of, like, saying, like, no, but this is the calling that I have for you. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people put off their calling because they say they're not ready or, um, you know, it's like, why are you going to call me? You're thinking that they're not equipped um, for it. And I think definitely just like saying, you know what, God, like I'm going to just follow what you say and just like do it, with, like you said, with all you have and give it. You're all not expecting anything in return. I think that's one of the biggest things because um, – just like being generous in the way you serve people and the way you mm-hmm. love people is just will impact your life in so many great yeah. areas. Totally. Um, so I have a friend who puts in no effort into our friendship. Should I end the friendship? Um, I mean, I, I'm just kind of of the belief like, going about situations like this, I wouldn't, if they're not putting in effort, that means they're probably not trying to be rude to you. They're probably just one, either busy or two, they probably just, and I'm sorry to break it to you, just don't value the friendship the same way that you mm, do. Yeah. Which also probably means they're not trying to be rude. They just sadly don't value it the same way you do. So I don't think you should like necessarily have this conversation like, yo, we're not friends anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm done with you. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I would just, I mean, let it fizzle out. Like, yeah. this is kind of being more practical. This isn't really spiritual. This is just what I would yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. Like, I heard, I don't know if it was on Instagram or somewhere, like, it was some cheesy Instagram quote, but I was like, that's kind of facts. Like, like when I stop making plans or when I stop hitting people up first, I realize I get a lot less text messages and phone calls. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of the way it is sometimes. That's mm-hmm. kind of how you weed out like all right who are the real ones Mm -hmm. not saying that person's a bad person Mm -hmm. but they might not just be like one of the core people god wants you to be around 
And sometimes like it's just a natural selection and that's one of the ways that takes place. Yeah. So yeah, that can kind of suck and I'm sorry that you're experiencing yeah. that, but I think there is a bright side to that dark moment where like maybe you're losing a friend that you were hoping would be a homie, one of your tight people. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think moments like that, whether it's like a friendship or a dating relationship, like I think it's kind of a test of your faith as well. Like, wow, mm -hmm. I thought that person would have been a great friend to me. But do you have the faith to believe that God could provide better? Wow. Yeah. I think that's, that's a really it's a difficult test and it's a hard one because you have like it's easy to kind of believe God for something when you have like no reference mm -hmm. for like how good something else was. But like yeah. when you're like, wow, that person was a great friend. I just wish mm -hmm. they want to be my friend. Like I want to be their friend. Yeah. For whatever reason you want to be their friend. Like when you have like this person who's like in your mind, like a 10 out of 10 friend or a 10 out of 10 girlfriend or boyfriend, like it's hard to believe that there could be better. But mm -hmm. that's where the test of your faith comes in. Like, do you have the faith to believe like God is who he says he is? He's like all powerful and he's all knowing and that he has created and knows someone else in that world who is better for you. So I think you just really got to trust God that he does have the right friends and the right relationships out there for you. Yeah. And with that, move forward in faith. Yeah. Don't have some big confrontation. Mm -hmm. Love them from a distance. If yeah. they ask you to hang out, don't totally necessarily um, say never again either. Yeah. Like they can still be your friend. Maybe yeah. just not your best friend. Mm -hmm. And um, just trust that God will bring you to people that you do need to be around. Yeah. I would say um, God has heard conversations that you haven't. Mm -hmm. He's seen things that you haven't. And maybe it's a better thing that you're not as close to that person because, um, yeah, you might think that they're the greatest person ever, but um, there's not everyone comes into your life to stay forever. Yeah. Um, and I also heard this interesting thing from one of my friends um, Amelia, she was telling me about um, how everyone has different love languages mm -hmm. and their love language just might not be, you know, words of affirmation. It might just be like something else. And yeah. yours might be, you know, quality time. So you always want to spend time with a person, but that's not the way that they show love mm -hmm. or um, like um, love being shown to them. Yeah. So I think um, definitely don't confront them confront them like you said mm -hmm. um love them from a distance yeah that's yeah. good yeah um and then we have two left how do you approach a cute guy at church <laughs> um this is a weird one too but <laughs> i guess it is a thing um so i would say just kind of how you're around him will give him an idea whether or not you like him and I think you honestly should just leave it up to him. Once again, I don't feel like there's a confrontation or a moment that needs to be had. Like, I've seen even, like, dudes who have been in their shell mm -hmm. do wild things to go up to a girl they're interested in. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm sorry <laughs> if that moment hasn't happened for you. It might not be coming your way. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. Like... Like, I'm sure, like, just in the way you talk to him and the way you're around him, I'm assuming you've talked to this person before. Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't someone you've seen from a distance, whoever <laughs> yeah. asked this question. Like, like I'm sure he has an idea, like, like you're interested, whether it's just the way you look at him or the way you just smile a little bit more when you're talking to him or just show a little bit extra intentionality. 
um, and the things that you remember, like he probably has a guess. Mm -hmm. So if he isn't returning the same energy, that energy might just not be coming back your way. Yeah. Maybe ever. And that's not a fun <laughs> thought. And I'm, yeah. It sounds so brutal <laughs> and I'm sorry. But um, yeah, like I think he'll make a move if, mm -hmm. he, if he really wants to. Or at the very least, like, like he'll probably send somebody over your way like, like, uh, like, yo, like, but what's so-and-so got to do to like, to get your attention? Like there'll mm -hmm. be some type of yeah. like move coming from him mm -hmm. that if you haven't seen it, maybe just isn't coming. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry, yeah. but I wouldn't go up to him unless you're like friends, like tight, you guys like hang out like in group settings or whatever. And, um, and you're just like, all right, I, I can't be your friend anymore unless like we try something like that's kind of a different situation. Mm -hmm. I was more reading that like, as like, oh, this is like my acquaintance, like my church buddy who like we see and like we always have like a short conversation. But like if this is like someone like you have a real friendship with, mm -hmm. like and it's just unbearable for you to be around him, like I think that's a different conversation that maybe does need to be had. Like, hey, like I'm not trying to like make you feel uncomfortable, but it just hurts too bad for me to be around you mm -hmm. as a friend. Um, I'd love to try to be more. Um, and if that's something you're not interested in, maybe, maybe take a few days to pray about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but if that's something you're not interested in, then I'm sorry. I'm not throwing any shade at you. I respect your decision and I respect your feelings, um, that you may not have towards me, but it's just kind of too hard for me to continue being your friend in this way. Yeah. And that's when you have to really be cool with maybe not hanging out with them ever again. Like that's honestly how my parents got together. Mm -hmm. My, my mom and my dad were like best friends and uh, my dad, like, just, like, never, my mom will tell you, like, my dad dated every other girl in the church but her. And she was, like, oh, wow. in love with him for, like, a year and a half. And she literally gave him an ultimatum, like, yo, either we got to start dating or we got to be donezo as far as friends go. Yeah. And, like, same thing, like, I respect your decision and your feelings. Yeah. But it just hurts me too bad to just mm -hmm. stay your friend and not yeah. at least try. Yeah. So we prayed about it for two weeks and they started dating after that. And the rest is history of 24 yeah. years, almost 25 years later. Oh, wow. But uh, so that's a little different. But there's always think, hope. <laughs> I do think acquaintances, <laughs> he'll make the move. If you're friends, that's too much to bear. Have a conversation, but be OK with the consequences. Yeah. If it doesn't go the way you want. Yeah. They might not be able to be your friend anymore. Yeah. I would even say that um, if a guy wants to. Um, you know, go up to a girl or, um, you know, let her know that he's interested. I feel like a lot of times, like especially in the church setting, um, it can be scary for them to do that because um, the girl might be like, oh, my gosh, you know, might go tell her, her friends and mm -hmm. might make it this big deal. And, you know, um, so definitely give yeah. the guy a little grace. It's definitely, definitely. hard to do that in a church setting. Um you say you're flipping it like the guy. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. I would kind of say this too, and I, I might be alone in this thought. Like, going up to a, from a guy's perspective, going up to a girl in a church is not the same, but it's like one A and one B. Like going up to a girl in a gym. Mm -hmm. Like it's sometimes in some settings almost feels like a no no. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Yo, I don't want to be like that creepy guy in the yeah. church, like trying to like exactly. let this girl know, like. I mm -hmm. would like to take her on a date, like super innocent intentions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like a weird time and place to have that conversation at. Because mm -hmm. what no guy wants to come across as is like, like, 
oh, like, I'm only here, like, to meet girls mm-hmm. or, like, because that can seem super, like, manipulative and, like, I think, like, nine out of ten guys, that's never their intention when they're, like, trying mm-hmm. to get to know a girl. Yeah. And just the place they happen to meet them and know them best is in church. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it's kind of, yeah, so give dudes grace. Like, that's mm-hmm. kind of yeah. kind of hard. And yeah. don't be afraid to say no either if you're not interested. But, yeah. 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 So, last question. Um, where do you see yourself 10, 10 years from now? That's a great question. I don't know exactly where I see myself 10 years from now. I, I want to believe that. Um, I'll have the faith 10 years from now to say yes to whatever God wants me to do 10 years mm-hmm. from now. Yeah. It's a lot easier said uh, right now than it might be 10 years from now. But I want to believe I'll have, like, the faith and the obedience to be like, all right, God, whatever you have for me, let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but between now and 10 years from now, I'm 22 right now. I'll be 32 in 10 years. It means I got eight more years <laughs> to be here at Rally. So I'm yeah. just trying to be faithful with this yeah. opportunity. and continue reaching lost young adults and mm-hmm. i mean we got a room we're at church by the glaze right now where we where rally takes place yeah and uh i mean we got like three four hundred young adults coming once a month but i got 1600 seats left in that room so i'm mm-hmm. trying to fill up that room yep. in the next eight years yeah and uh by the grace and power of god like i think we'll get it done so that's yeah. what i'm trying to do yeah. in the next 10 years like just anchor locations too yeah, that would well, be amazing do it, all yeah. of it. and yeah. like it's not for the sake of numbers but i do yeah. think numbers are important because every number represents a person yeah so with that being said i think hopefully the ministry growing i think it's pretty safe to say that means that lives are being changed and souls are being saved and god is doing what only he can do yeah so hopefully god uses myself chris and the rest of the team and awesome leaders like you to um get that done and yeah. create a real movement of young adults who love jesus in yeah. south florida and beyond for sure if it's a win if it's a win for the kingdom it's a win for me exactly so um thank you so much for joining us on the podcast um i appreciate it so much and i know everyone that uh listens to this is going to be just inspired by everything all the topics that we talked about so thank you thank you yeah